The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. Thank you for tuning in for this Unity Partner Program. Unity Online Radio partners with spiritual leaders from organizations whose mission and messages complement Unity's. We are pleased to bring you this program on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Welcome to Main Street Vegan with host Victoria Moran. Victoria is an author, inspirational speaker, and a certified holistic health counselor and vegan lifestyle coach. She's here to entertain, educate, and inspire you on your journey to look and feel amazing, eat extraordinary food, help animals, and create a physical body perfectly attuned to spiritual growth. Now, let's get this party started. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. listeners on this Wednesday afternoon or whenever you might be listening off in the podcast in the future. I am Victoria Moran. I'm the host of Main Street Vegan here on Unity Online Radio. And as I've been doing for the past couple of weeks, I like to include at the beginning of the show a quotation from Mr. Charles Fillmore, who founded the Unity Movement so that this radio station and radio program now exists. Charles Fillmore was an ardent vegetarian, as was his wife Myrtle, and Charles wrote in 1920, undoubtedly, the next great step for the reformation and refinement of humanity will be the elimination of flesh food. We do not anticipate a worldwide prohibition, but a gradual adaptation of the best foods by progressive people. Well, now we are some 95 years after that, and here we are, gradually adapting. And I guess that makes us all progressive people, not in a political sense necessarily, but in a human sense. And how wonderful that we're all part of this great, exciting, and delicious movement of being vegan or moving vegan word wherever you are on the journey. We just finished a Main Street Vegan Academy course last week and graduated 14 more vegan lifestyle coaches out into the world. We have a graduate now from Frankfurt, Germany. Somebody came from Waukegan, Illinois. Somebody else was from Boston.
Boston, Massachusetts. We're just filling the earth with vegan lifestyle coaches. And if you would like to consider that in your future, check us out, MainStreetVegan.net slash Academy. And before I bring on our guest, right around 10 past the hour, we have a special extra guest. And this is somebody that you know and somebody that you've been asking about. This is my lovely daughter and co-author of Main Street Vegan, Adair Moran. Those of you who've been listening from the beginning remember her as the co-host of this show. And then she went on to do other things. And people have been saying, we want to hear from Adair. So today we're hearing from Adair. Hey, Adair. Hey, how are you? I'm fabulous. How are you? And tell us what you're doing that's so exciting that on Wednesday afternoons after this, you couldn't call in no matter what. Yes, I won't have my Wednesdays anymore because I'm starting a new job uh, at the uh, the Wild Bird Fund here in New York City. It's, uh, it's the only wildlife rehabilitation center in the city. And I've been volunteering there now for uh, about a year, and they offered me a staff position. So now on Wednesday afternoons, I'm going to be taking care of hawks and pigeons and whatever comes our way. That's that's pretty cool. I know you had put on Facebook a couple of days ago that you gave fluids to a red-tailed hawk. I did. That's not something most people can say. So who has been the most exotic creature you have met in your year of wildlife rehabbing? Exotic? I don't know. I got to say, in New York City, you see a lot of not exotic animals. You see a lot of pigeons and sparrows and and uh, squirrels. But um, the uh, the raptors are pretty impressive. The the hawks and, uh, and the kestrels. Um, and we get a lot of interesting migratory songbirds. We get some some little songbirds that are rare that you don't usually see just out walking around. So yeah, it's been pretty cool. And I know that you have uh, worked with a couple of baby rats. I have. I um, The baby ones, when they are distressed, seem to wind up on my patio for some reason. I, I'm not exactly sure why, but um, even though the rats are kind of pests, I can't resist the baby ones. So when I see them, I pick them up and I try to take care of them. Well, and we need to be clear, this is what you do as a certified wildlife rehabilitator on your own, not at the Wild Bird Fund. We don't want the city of New York coming after the Wild Bird Fund. <laughs> because oh, I don't know if they would, but yes, I don't, I don't think we accept rats at Wild Bird Fund, but personally, I, I will accept a rat. And I'm, I'm an equal opportunity wildlife rehabber. Well, that's good, and maybe that's part of, of being a vegan from birth. <laughs> I hope I had a little something to do with it, but I think your beautiful soul has the most to do with it. So tell us what's going on in your stuntwoman career. Um, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I've been working on the show Royal Pains a lot on, uh, on USA Network, uh, doubling an actress who is on the show right now. And, uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of aerial silks training. That's, uh, that's my new love. So, yeah, it's been busy. And you'll be doing uh, aerial silks performing at the Walk for Farm Animals here in New York City for Farm Sanctuary. I think so. We're still working out the details and making sure that that's okay with the Parks Department and everything. But if we can get that worked out, it sounds like they want me there and I want to be there. So hopefully we can do it. That's great. When is that coming up? I believe that is in October. I haven't actually checked the exact date, but in previous years it was always October. Okay, and and what else is exciting in your life? Gosh, I don't know. What else is exciting in my life? Well, you had a very interesting lunch today. (laughs) 
Oh, we, we discovered, we yeah, we discovered some Rastafarian, what would you call it? Savory phyllo wraps? They were, they were like phyllo pockets, kind of like little, little flaky empanada things. Yeah, they were great. There's a, a little uh, Rasta shop in, in Adair's neighborhood in, in East Harlem, and one of these little pocket wrap things had Aki inside. And Aki is the national fruit of Jamaica. They use it as a substitute for scrambled eggs. You said it tasted something like cabbage to you. Yeah, the way it was spiced in those phyllo things, it, it tasted kind of like a spicy cabbage, like you might get it maybe in an Ethiopian restaurant. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, it was good. I'd never, I'd never had Aki, but it was tasty. Right, and I know you've never had eggs, but eggs are kind of sulfury, and cabbage is kind of sulfury, so I can see why... Somebody would think that Aki tasted a little bit like both. Well, it was fun. It was fun to see you for an impromptu Jamaican lunch and also to have you on the show for these few minutes so that people can catch up with you. If you want to find more about Adair, your website for your acting and your stunt performing is adairmoran.com, and that's A-D-A-I-R. And are you still blogging? Um. Sort of. I think my last blog post was January, so I'm, I'm due to update it. Well, I would say that that is a colossally sort of, but that is Harlem Farm at blogspot.com. Yeah, yeah you're, you're reminding me I should probably write something on that blog. Yeah, well, I know you have a lot to do, and, and blogging can either be a great joy for people for whom it is joy-filled, or it can be quite a nuisance. So we find well, our the way... Tra- the trouble is when I, whenever there's anything interesting enough to blog about, I'm too busy to blog. I get it. Well, sweetheart, thank you so much. Thanks for calling in. We're all going to watch you on Royal Pains. Enjoy the Wild Bird Fund, and uh, we'll talk later. All right. Okay, and everybody else, stay with us for Dr. Neil Barnard. He is the founder and president of Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine and author of many wonderful books, including his latest sensational book. I think it's my favorite so far, Power Foods, for the brain. We'll be back after this. Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you. What if you could experience vibrant health? help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, 
and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com, Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Do you think you know all you want to know about the characters in the Bible? Do you know who could be called the king who loved too much? Or what it means to be a Jezebel? Or that the best love story in the Bible begins with the declared commitment of two women? The Bible's symbolic meaning can help you transform your life and discover the presence and power of God within you. Find out what these characters can teach you about your own life today by tuning into Biblical Power for Your Life. Each week, co-hosts Rev. Karen Tudor and E.J. Niles present a Bible character from a historical, cultural, psychological, and symbolic perspective. Your comments and questions are part of this lively discussion. Tune in every Thursday at noon Pacific, 3 p.m. Eastern, and power up your life only at Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. listening to Main Street Vegan with Victoria Moran. If you have questions or comments about today's topic or any other area of interest, we invite you to follow Victoria underscore Moran on Twitter or email her at MainStreetVegan at UnityOnlineRadio.org. Now, back to Main Street Vegan. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. It is my unmitigated pleasure to introduce someone that I admire so much, not just because he is a physician, he is the founder and president of Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, a faculty member of George Washington University School of Medicine. He has three PBS programs and is the author of dozens of books, including the New York Times bestsellers, um, excuse me, uh, the New York Times bestsellers, Power Foods for the Brain, which we're going to be talking about today, and the 21-Day Weight Loss Kickstart, and also the USA Today bestseller, Dr. Neil Barnard's Program for Reversing Diabetes. This is huge. Do you know that most people think you can't reverse diabetes? But I meet people every now and then who will say, oh, yeah, I used to be diabetic. I read that book by Neil Barnard. That's pretty cool. And you know what else? Neil Barnard is the real deal. I have known him for a very long time, and his commitment to human health and to respect for animals is true and deep and solid, and it is my great pleasure to welcome Neil Barnard. Thank you, Victoria. It's great to be talking with you. Oh, well, it's wonderful to talk to you, as always. I'm very excited about your new book. I mean, as a result of reading your book, I am now on Lumosity, playing brain games, and doing all sorts of things that I never thought I would do, because there's so much hope in the prevention of mental decline. There really is. And I have to say, if there's one area where we needed something new, this was it, because I think most people really figured... Alzheimer's is such an unpleasant topic. You know, give me any other disease other than that. That's, it's the last thing you want to even think about. And most people figured it's inevitable. It's part of aging or it's genetic. There's absolutely nothing you can do about it, so don't think about it. Um, and yet I have to say, if you've seen it in your family, 
you you want to take steps to prevent it, and up until now, people haven't known what they could do. And and so I'm very excited because I think we have tremendously powerful tools that I, I don't think we can prevent all of it, but we can prevent a lot of Alzheimer's disease, the great majority of cases, and for people who are younger, maybe you're 35 and you're just losing your car keys a few too many times, or you're 45 or 55 and you've got a little bit of fuzz brain and you're, you would like that to go away. I think we have tools to do all of those things now that we didn't have before, so I'm very excited about it too. That is exciting. So, okay, we've all got a brain. What should we be eating to take care of it? You know, researchers have tackled that question. And I, for me, the, the, maybe the most powerful study began in Chicago, 1993. Researchers at Rush University went out. They brought in thousands of people, and they didn't give them a new drug or a supplement. All they asked them was, what did you have for breakfast? What did you have for lunch? What did you have for dinner? They tracked their dietary intake with great care. And then as time went on, they looked to see who stayed mentally healthy and who did not. And a number of things percolated over the years, and after about 10 years of study, it really became quite clear that certain things were really serious problems. And, and the first one was something that I knew about. When I was growing up in Fargo, North Dakota, my mother was, would always make bacon for her kids for breakfast. And that bacon grease that was left in the pan when the bacon strips came out, my mother would save that, and we would cook eggs in it and add it to things. Uh, the saturated fat that is in bacon grease and cheese and in so many foods, saturated fat greatly increased Alzheimer's, and when people avoided the saturated fat, their Alzheimer's risk would drop dramatically. Ditto for the trans fats that are in donuts and, and other pastries. Those two, if I had to pick the first thing that a person should do to protect the brain, it's to get away from the foods that have those bad fats in them. That's the dairy products, that's the... The, the, the meat products, that's why the vegan, the V word is so important here, but also the junk food that has the trans fats in them, getting that stuff out of your life. It's good for your heart, it's good for your waistline, it's good for your just mental well-being, but it, it really, really appears to be critical for brain health over the long run. So when you look at general health, and I know heart disease is the big killer of women and men, so is it confusing because you want to do right by your heart, you want to do right by your brain? How can people figure out how to do it all? Luckily, there's, there's a theme that goes through this. That whatever is good for the heart is going to be good for the brain. And there are a few additional things that we can do for brain health, but, but it starts out by doing what you can for your heart. And if you think about it, let's say you went on a, on a plant-based diet because 20 years ago you heard Dean Ornish who, in my view, is a medical genius, who showed that with these simple changes in diet and lifestyle, plant-based diet, don't smoke, uh, a little bit of mild exercise on a regular basis, the arteries open up again. Well, then what happens? The heart is able to pump blood. The blood goes to the brain. The, the brain gets 15 or 20% of all the outflow from the heart. So if you are narrowing these arteries, you're not getting oxygen and nutrients to the brain. If you're opening the arteries, you are. So having a healthy heart is really important. And so getting away from the animal products is good for both. So you don't have to have one diet for the heart and another for the brain. The only issue is that in addition to the heart-healthy foods, 
there are some extra things that we do for the brain because there are certain things that are toxic to the brain that, are, that play less of a role in the body. And what are those? Well, uh, if you've got copper pipes, um, or let's say you had shrimp or crab or lobster for lunch, there's a fair amount of copper getting into your, into your body from these foods. And most people don't think about it at all. And if, if you were a dietitian, you might say, well, okay, I need a little bit of copper for enzymes, and uh, that's about it. You need just traces. When you get too much copper in your foods or when you get too much iron, think of your cast iron pan um, or think of eating liver or red meat, the iron in those foods, if you have too much of either of those metals, the metals go to the brain and they produce free radicals that destroy brain cells. So the, the metals uh, that get into our diet seem to be poisonous. And one that people talk about a lot is aluminum. Aluminum is, is not needed by the body at all. It is found in the brains of people who die with Alzheimer's disease. And there's a huge discussion now about getting away from aluminum to protect the brain. So in addition to throwing out the bad fats, I want to be really careful about these metals as well. So with vegans, we don't get as much iron or the super absorbable kind of iron that meat eaters do. Do we need to be as concerned then about the cast iron pot? Well, going vegan is a tremendous step in the right direction. It's a funny thing. When people come into our research center here at the Physicians Committee, we see a lot of people who come in with uh, diabetes, weight problems, chronic pain. We're doing several studies right now where people adopt a vegan diet for one of these reasons. We measure their diet as they're starting. We track what they're eating, and then we track what they eat after they go on a vegan diet. And you know what? Their iron intake is actually a little bit higher on a vegan diet. Really? Yeah. They're, you're, it's, it's surprising because you'd think, I'm not eating meat. I'm not eating liver. How could I be getting iron? The fact is you're getting so much iron from green leafy vegetables and from beans, it's more than you were getting before. However, the type of iron, just as you were, were saying in your question, it's it's called non-heme iron, and it's more absorbable if you are low in iron. Let's say you're anemic and you need more. That form of iron is more absorbable. Let's say you have had too much iron. Then the non-heme iron from spinach and other green vegetables or from beans, then it's less absorbable. So that's the kind of iron you should be getting. It's fine to get plenty of the non-heme iron. Um, but if you instead had a hamburger, a steak, uh, if you had a slice of liver, you're getting a lot of iron in the heme form that barges into your party without an invitation. What I mean is you might have plenty of iron in your bloodstream already, and it's still highly absorbable, and that's a problem. So most Americans tend to be iron overloaded because they're eating meat. And if they would go on a plant-based diet, they would get plenty of iron, but the body can then regulate whether it wants to absorb it or wants to leave it alone. How fascinating. And if you listening would like to join this conversation, our toll-free number is 888-558-6489. And if you happen to be outside the United States, you could call us at 816-347-5519. And if you're in the United States and that's the only number you heard, that's fine too, 816-347-5519. Nine. So, Neil, what are the five foods that we should keep or pick up from the grocery store? You know, there are probably 5,000, but let me, I'll, let me give you five. Um, 
when I uh, walk into the grocery store, I start in the produce aisle, and there are a couple things that I really like to look for. One is green leafy vegetables, and it can be really any of them, whether it's kale or collards, Brussels sprouts, broccoli, any of them. What they, first of all, they have effectively zero of the bad fats. Secondly, they have iron in a form that your body can regulate, but they have something else. They have folate, which is a B vitamin that helps protect the brain. So uh, bring your cart up to the green leafy vegetables and throw them into your, into your cart. If you are phobic of green leafy vegetables, I encourage people to put a little lemon juice on top or a little brag, uh, which is a sort of like soy sauce, uh, or um, any one of the nice seasoned vinegars. The, somehow the sourness in the vinegars or in lemon juice kind of cuts through that bitterness in the vegetables and really makes them delectable. Number two, pick up some sweet potatoes. In Okinawa, at the bottom of Japan, where people live to be 100 quite frequently and in very good health, their number one staple is not fish or rice, it's sweet potato, that orange color. It's really good for you. Um, third, when you pick, I think it's good to pick up some nuts, but, but be sparing with it. Walnuts, almonds, pistachios, or certain seeds, sesame seeds or sunflower seeds, if you sprinkle about an ounce of them on your salad, you'll get some vitamin E, which is protective of the brain, can cut Alzheimer's risk by about half, you also get some of the good fats, some of the omega-3s. So those are my top three. Let me add just really quickly the neglected bean group, any one of them, black beans, pinto beans, chickpeas, navy beans. Beans have a lot of good protein. They also have iron and calcium, but they don't have the bad fats. Bring them into your diet in a big way. And then I personally like, for people who are new to all of this, I would say leave a little space for one of the soy products if you would like. If you are new to, say, getting away from hamburgers, try the veggie burger. And the soy products for some people are a good bridge into that. So give them a try and see if you like them. Well, that just sounds like what I eat. That means I'll be around having intellectual conversations with you 30, 40, 50 years from now. <laughs> Let's plan on it. it it's, it's a good aspiration. A couple of questions have just come in over email. The first one is, what about chelation? If you find out that you have too many metals in your body, is there a way to get them out? Oh, wow. What a great question. Uh, for people who are not familiar, chelation is a way that uh, it, it's a procedure in which you put into your body uh, chemical compounds that almost literally grab a hold of these metal chemicals and then they flush through the kidneys. It has to be done in a very careful way because as they're going through the kidneys, they, they can be toxic. However, it's well accepted for certain things. When a person has mercury poisoning, when they have lead poisoning, these are things that doctors do think about routinely. They are now starting to apply them to other areas such as aluminum and considering whether this would be good for Alzheimer's. It is uh, well accepted for something like lead poisoning, it is still considered experimental for these other kinds of, of metal poisonings. So is there a way that someone can find out what their levels are of things like copper and aluminum? Yes. Um, doctors can test that. They can pretty easily test copper. Um, iron is something that can be tested quite easily as well with rough tests like hemoglobin level. If hemoglobin is extremely high, you're high in iron. But doctors have other tests that are more precise and they're inexpensive and, and quite easy to do. Uh, for other things like aluminum, that is tested really fairly uncommonly, but, can, but certainly can be done. But 
my recommendation is that people not wait to be tested. We want to follow a diet that allows us to stay in balance. If you eat vegetables, fruits, whole grains, beans, they have the metals that you need in, t in the tiny traces that you need, the copper for enzyme function, the iron for healthy blood, and then they're not going, there's effectively no aluminum in them or very, very little, and uh, your body can handle those nutrients in a much better way than you can if you're trying to get it from meat or liver, other things like that. Okay, and then we have one other question that is about aluminum. Where am I getting aluminum from? Is it in deodorant? What if I have aluminum pans that have been covered with a nonstick surface? Oh, great question. Um, if the aluminum in the pan is in touch with what you're cooking, the aluminum will get into the food. If there is a coating, like a ceramic coating or a steel coating, then there's no problem. You don't need to worry about the aluminum at all. Aluminum can come in your drinking water. It's added sometimes at water purification plants to precipitate out solids. And the EPA does have a contact number, it, and you can actually go online and look to see if your area is listed uh, and what the aluminum content of your water is. If you're unsure, you should get a reverse osmosis filter, or you should, drink, you should get a delivery, home delivery of the big bottles of water and drink the, the spring water rather than tap water. Um, there is aluminum in baking powders, but there's also aluminum-free uh, baking powders. There is aluminum in the little single-serve salt shakers that you sometimes see at fast food restaurants. They add it to keep it from caking in humid weather. Um, deodorants do not have aluminum in them, but antiperspirants do have aluminum, and it does go through the skin. So in each of these cases, it's very, very easy to just choose the aluminum-free product. If you've got acid stomach, Maalox has uh, aluminum, Tums don't. So you can decide which one you want to choose. Well, it's sounding easier and easier to be smart for a really long time. And I'm feeling like I was very smart to invite you onto the show today. And now we're going to have oh, to you. take a short break, and we will come back with more info on power foods for the brain and other interesting topics with Dr. Neil Barnard of Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. Stay with us. What if you could experience vibrant health, help heal the planet, and be a great friend to God's animal kingdom through simple choices you make at breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Authors Victoria and Adair Moran say you can do this easily, affordably, and deliciously in their new book, Main Street Vegan. Everything you need to know to eat healthfully and live compassionately in a real world. Loaded with practical tips, straightforward information, and fabulous recipes, Main Street Vegan will help you on your journey toward a plant-based diet. The perks include more energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, feeling younger as you grow older, and maybe even a boost to your spiritual life. Purchase Main Street Vegan from BN.com. Amazon.com, or your favorite bookseller. Have you heard about Dr. Tom Shepard's new program on Unity Online Radio? Tom Shepard, isn't he the Unity Magazine question and answer guy? Right. Well, they've actually turned him loose with a radio show, and I hear it's going to be pretty edgy. Edgy? Like what? Guest panelists and students from Unity Institute and Seminary. Topics like abortion, gay marriage, war and peace, environmental issues, Islamic fundamentalism, universal health care, religion and politics, current events. 
Yeah, but they'll all be Unity people, right? Dr. Tom and his students will talk about the hard questions facing all people today, sometimes joined by rabbis, priests, liberal and conservative ministers, Buddhist monks, Baha'is, Hindus. And he's going to interview them on the program? Better, he's going to introduce a controversial topic and let students and special guests go for it. This could get explosive. Does he have guys in black shirts standing by to break up the fights? <laughs> if I know Dr. Tom, he will keep it both friendly and spirited. Whoa, I gotta hear this. When and where? The program is called Let's Talk About It, and it's on every Thursday at 9 a.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio. So let's talk about it. Definitely, let's. Thank you for tuning in for Main Street Vegan. Here is your host, Victoria Moran. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Main Street Vegan. We're so happy to have you with us. Our guest is Neil Barnard, MD, and you can find out more about him at neilbarnard.org. We're talking today about his latest book, his latest bestseller, Power Foods for the Brain. He is also the author of the 21-Day Weight Loss Kickstart, Dr. Neil Barnard's Program for Reversing Diabetes, and lots of other wise and wonderful books. And we have a caller. Julaine is on the line. Julaine, what's your question for Dr. Barnard? Well, Dr. Barnard, I'm just thrilled to be talking with you. I've done your 21-Day Kickstart and love it, and I have your Power Foods book right in front of me. I haven't started that yet, but um, I'm looking forward to that. Um, my question is, I have my in-laws are both 91 years old and really seem to be thriving. Um, they live in a senior-type living situation, so their dinners are eaten with a group. They're eating the standard American diet. Um, my father-in-law, whose mother had Alzheimer's, um, is starting to lose his mem- have memory lapses. And my mother-in-law, who's also 91, um, seems to be very sharp mentally and is concerned, wants to be sure that she doesn't have memory lapses. So I'm just wondering, realistically, with them living in a community that's not um, offering much choice in eating whole food, plant-based, what, you might, what I might offer to them to keep their, their minds sharp and to live optimal lives for as long as they can. Okay. Well, first of all, um, it's wonderful that you're looking out for them. And it's also that you have to say they've been doing something right because they're up in years and and it sounds like they've been doing generally pretty well. Having said that, whatever age a person is, um, when your memory starts to go or if your health is slipping in other ways or if you're on lots of medications, um, you're not happy if other people say, well, look, you're old. You ought to expect to have these problems. You, you, you're likely to say, whatever age I am, I want my brain to be working as long as my heart is beating. So don't tell me just because I'm 90 or 91 that I should, should surrender to memory problems. And yeah. sometimes in retirement homes, I saw this with my parents. Um, I lost both of my parents last year. And mm-hmm. I was fighting with the managers at the retirement homes because their, their food that they served was really not very helpful. And the managers yeah. said, well, these are old people. They don't want to change. They're not interested in health. They're, you know, they're interested in just 
uh, living it up a little bit while they're around. And I would give a lecture to, the, to many people who would come, and I would ask, who here would like to try some vegan foods if the cafeteria would offer them? And every hand went up. People were, wow. were, e- were eager for healthy foods, and they were tired uh-huh. of being on medications if they, thought, if they just thought that it might really help them. So the, the, the issue, though, and the problem you'll have with even people who want to be healthy is that if you say, uh, let's try a vegan diet, they sort of imagine that means you either have antennae, come from another planet, or, or at least right. have a taste for folk music. And um, <laughs> so, in other words, it sounds new to them. So I tell you, where I, start, where I start with it is first with information as to why these foods are, are useful. If a person doesn't realize, for example, that it could, that could improve your memory or protect mm-hmm. you against further decline, or that it, perhaps you could even reverse your diabetes and get you off those medicines that have side effects that are so bothersome, if people don't know that, they don't have much motivation to change. Um, but if they are concerned about any of these health conditions and they learn that diet could help them and could help uh, make them feel more energetic and feel better and lose excess weight, then people want to give it a try. But then the next step is to simply make the foods more familiar. So, okay, uh, why don't we start an oatmeal bar? And instead uh-huh. of heavy cream on top, let's have an al- some almond milk that we can can taste and see if we like it, or some cinnamon and raisins. Uh-huh. Let's do that. And then as uh-huh. the various foods become more familiar, then I like to do little short-term kickstarts where I'll say, for the next 21 days, anybody who wants to do a vegan diet, I've got a once-a-week group where we're going to get together and talk about the recipes we tried. Everybody signs up for it because it sounds new and exciting and fun. So uh-huh. by increasing the familiarity, also increasing the, the knowledge base and the frequency of support, we can show DVDs. Uh, there are so many of them, them now that are available, some of mine, and there are many, many others. Um, I find that folks get so engaged no matter what age they are, and then sooner or later the, the management says, you know, this has been the funnest thing. <laughs> Why don't we do this on an ongoing uh-huh. basis? And I think, that's, uh-huh. I think that's the road for success. Okay, great, great. Thank you. Sure. I should say, you know, we're not going to live forever, but the goal is as long as our heart is beating, we want to make sure that our mind is as sharp as it possibly can be. Yes. How, how about, what's the role of statin drugs? Should I encourage my mother-in-law to get off of those statin drugs? Or what's that? Yeah, well, statin drugs, they're, they're very effective for cholesterol-lowering. And here we've got answers coming in two directions. The first is lowering cholesterol is good. Um, that's a good thing. That's why we get away from these bad fats. And when people take statin drugs, for many, their risk of Alzheimer's is diminished. That's good. Mm-hmm. On the mm-hmm. other hand, statins do have side effects. They have muscle side effects, liver side effects. They do increase the risk of developing diabetes. And there have been, in the past several years, hundreds of cases of people with acute memory problems due to the statin. So what, where I come down on this is if a person is taking a statin and they are doing perfectly fine, I don't worry about it too much. But on the other okay. hand, um, if a person is having acute memory problems, I think the statin should be stopped for, uh, under the doctor's observation to see if their memory is restored. And there have been cases of people where it has been. So it's worth, it's worth giving it a try. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. 
Sure, that's a great question. Thank you so much for asking. Oh, that is a great question because so often people go into some kind of assisted living when they're actually doing fine, but they just want to be smart and plan for their future. I have a friend in Kansas City who is 81, and it just seemed like a smart thing to do after her husband passed away. She is now moving out of assisted living and back into her own apartment because they told her she could be a vegetarian and do well there, and she says, no, I can't. So uh, thank goodness she's got all her wits about her and and can make decisions like this. But, um, yeah, we need to be there with those oatmeal bars. So, Dr. Bernard, what about multivitamins? Is that a good thing to be taking? You know, I grew up with this. Every every day of my life growing up, there was a multiple vitamin that my mother had parked on on my breakfast plate, and all the kids consumed them. And part of it is good. The the vitamin B12, that's something everybody ought to take. You need it for healthy nerves, including a healthy brain. You need it for healthy blood. I'm a big advocate for vitamin B12. Same with vitamin D. Because if you're not getting sunlight, then you need the vitamin D as a supplement that helps your body to absorb calcium. That's good. However, the vitamin manufacturers, when they make multiple vitamins, most of the time they add things you don't need. They add iron. You may not need iron because you might be iron overloaded already. They add copper, which you don't need. And the reason they do it is they haven't really been paying attention to the science that has shown that overdosing on iron or copper is bad for the brain. So to answer your question, Victoria, I think if you're going to take a multiple vitamin, get one that has the vitamins but does not have the added minerals, that does not have the iron and copper in particular. Um, You'll find it, uh, you can find them online or you'll find them in the store. It's called Vitamins Only. There are three or four brands that have that. It'll say just vitamins or vitamins only. Or you can also go to the store and not buy a multiple vitamin, but just buy buy vitamin B12 itself. An adult needs 2.4 micrograms uh, a day. All of the brands have more than that. It's not toxic if you get too much. Um, So pretty much any brand, any dose of vitamin B12 will have you covered. And vitamin D, you can take up to 2,000 IUs a day. So either get a multiple vitamin that says vitamins only or go pick up some B12 and some vitamin D if you're not in the sun, and take that, and that will take care of your needs. Okay, that's what we'll do. Now, we have another question that came in by email, and this questioner is saying, your book says that zinc can be a problem in dementia, but my registered dietitian says that vegans should supplement zinc, and I've read that zinc can get rid of excess copper. Who's right? Oh, my gosh, we've got a who's right question. Yeah, um, I think we're all right in this case. Um, Zinc is a metal just like like others. And there have been some reports that overdosing in zinc can be a problem. But but your dietician is right. Um, Well, well, right and wrong. I don't think you should supplement zinc. I don't think anybody should supplement zinc without a good reason for it. And just the fact that you're a vegan or a vegetarian is not a reason to take it as a supplement because you'll get adequate zinc from foods. However, uh, when people have overdosed with copper... Uh, some people will use zinc because it crowds the copper out, and they can use it in that way. Uh, for an average healthy person, whether they're on a vegan diet or whether they are a, I'm going to say a pre-vegan, meaning an omnivore who is going to be vegan one day, um, which I hope everybody's going to get there one day. Oh, that's um, everybody. Yeah, that's everybody. The, the that's everybody. Every, every, the vast uh, majority at this point. Everybody. Um, 
you, you will get adequate iron, adequate copper, adequate zinc from green leafy vegetables, the other vegetables, beans, fruits, whole grains. Include them in your routine and you'll get what you need. You should not have to supplement the metals. Excellent. I'm talking with Dr. Neil Barnard about his book, Power Foods for the Brain. The number for calling in and asking your very own question is 888-558-6489. How about America's favorite drug, coffee? (laughs) You know, coffee is is a funny thing. Uh, Researchers at Finland showed that coffee drinkers have less Alzheimer's disease which was a surprise. Nobody's ever fin- figured out the mechanism for it. Is, is somehow a, a brain stimulant helpful? Nobody really knows. Um, and they also found that having a, one or two cups a day didn't do it. You had to have somewhere between three and five cups a day. The problem is at that level of intake, coffee can disrupt sleep. It can change your personality a little bit. Pe- people feel up, but they sometimes get a little sort of irritable and crabby with it. So where to come down on coffee? I, my, my own life, I don't include coffee. I'm not interested in, in caffeine. However, I don't think it's the world's worst thing, worst problem for people. And there is some evidence of benefit with regard to long-term risk of Alzheimer's in at least a few studies. However, um, the effects on personality, the effects on sleep are not so good. Aha. Uh-huh. Well, I can just tell that there are going to be more Ventis and Trentis sold as a result of that finished study because people who love their coffee love their coffee. So I guess they do. It's not I'm the giving them a new thing. rationalization for it, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. So we've been talking about Alzheimer's dementia, keeping our brain function going through food. What about exercise? Does that play a role? Yes, it does. Researchers at the University of Illinois did a neat study. They, they brought in a group of older adults, people who were already having some cognitive dysfunction, meaning not just the occasional lapse that you might have, you know, you've lost your car keys, but on a daily basis, their memory was not good. And this, this ends up being diagnosed as mild cognitive impairment. They brought them into a study. They asked them to lace up their sneakers and go for a walk 10 minutes a day uh, for th- just three days a week. And then the next week, they said go 15 minutes three times a week, then 20, then 25. And when they got up to 40 minutes brisk walk three times a week, they said just keep doing that. And after a year, they did brain scans on everybody. And what they found is that the memory center of the brain, which is called the hippocampus, in most older folks, it shrinks. It's age-related brain atrophy. But in these exercisers, the shrinking was basically stopped cold. And in some people, the hippocampus was actually getting bigger again. And they tested their memory, and their memory was coming back. So if you think about it, what happens when you're taking a brisk walk? Your heart is pumping a little bit faster. Your brain is oxygenating more. The nutrients are getting to the brain, and waste products are being taken out. So I am a big advocate of this. This is not taking heavy weights and lifting them to get bigger muscles. This is not stretching and yoga. Those all have their own value. But for the brain, what we want to do is get the heart gently pumping a little more rapidly than it was before. Three times a week, make a date with yourself, get that exercise, and that's really good for, for the brain. Wow. So they can start calling cardio classes cardio-brainiac classes. <laughs> they, they can, and they should. Um, it, and it is, it is really true. You can feel it. Uh, people after exercise aren't only meta, uh, mentally clearer, um, but also it does something for your mood. 
you know, you get a little bit of that endorphin. So it's very, very good for the brain in every way. Oh, that's wonderful. Now, let's just shift organs here for a minute and talk about the pancreas. There is a rumor extant that you are actually friends with a very famous gecko. How did that come about? (laughs) That's right. Well, here at PCRM in Washington, D.C., I'm in my office now, and when I look out my office window, Geico's national headquarters is just right outside my window. They have 2,500 employees selling car insurance over there. The company is self-insured. So every time anybody has a health problem, the company has to pay for it. So back in 2007, we joined with GEICO to do a study where we brought a vegan diet to GEICO. And what we said is anybody who wants to lose some weight, anybody who's got diabetes and wants to get better, come here once a week. We're going to give you a class on how to do a vegan diet and we're going to make sure that the cafeteria has vegan food. So, yes, they had the greasy, cheesy burger, but they also would have a veggie burger or a portobello sandwich or whatever it was. And we did it as a study, research study, and we found that people lost weight. If they had diabetes, it got dramatically better. So that was very exciting, and we published this in three different medical journal articles. And then we got talking to Geico, and we then did the study all over again, but we did it in 10 different cities. Macon, Georgia, Buffalo, New York, San Diego, California, 10 cities. And we found exactly the same thing, that people who did this got dramatically healthier. They lost weight, their diabetes got better, their cholesterol improved, they felt better. I am now using this as a model for the, what I think is one of the greatest ways to reach people. You're at work eight or nine hours a day. That's where you're going to eat. That's where you get social support. That's where you've got a boss who has a, a, a vested interest in your being healthy. Why not promote healthy diets right at work. And so we've been now working with a number of companies to promote healthy diet right at work. The electric company here in Washington called Pepco, Potomac Electric Power Company, they adopted the same program. A number of companies have done it, and I'm just really, really excited about that as a way to reach hundreds or thousands of people all at one time very, very efficiently. That I is I think it's exciting. going to change the world. Woo. And and. Back to that pancreas, I kind of skipped over that and went straight to geckos because he's so cute. But <laughs> you have actually shown that people who are diabetic, and, and people take that as some kind of death sentence, you are diabetic, the end, but you can reverse diabetes. What, how do you do that? And I know we just have a couple of minutes, so it's going to have to be the brief version, but All that's right. pretty exciting. All right, you cut me off when we run, run, run out of time. The bottom line okay. is this. Diabetes means there's too much sugar in the blood. So many people thought, well, you shouldn't eat sugar and you shouldn't eat carbohydrate that digests to produce sugar. That's really a mistake. The problem with diabetes is that there's too much fat building up in the cells that once the fat builds up in the muscle cells or the liver cells, that interferes with insulin, which is trying to get the sugar out of the blood into the cell. So we take the fat out of the diet. Vegan diet has no animal fat. We keep the oils very low, too. That starts draining the fat that's been in the cells. It drains away, so to speak. The diabetes gets better and better and better, and we have seen many cases where it is no longer detectable. I know you've seen these people, too. When I was in medical school, we were taught that was impossible. We now see it every day. And I can't reverse diabetes if it's been around for, say, two decades. I can improve it. I can get people on less medicines. We can prevent complications. But when you get it early enough, there are people where it flat out just disappears for all intents and purposes. And that's so gratifying for people to, to, to be told by their doctor, I can't detect your diabetes anymore. Mm. 
It's now, a wonderful thing why, to do. Why is it so difficult for the traditional diabetes establishment to accept this new information? Well, th- things are changing. I have to say, things are changing. We are, we are getting a whole lot better. Um, the American Diabetes Association now does quote two of our research studies and does say that a vegan diet is good for diabetes, but it, it takes time. Um, there is still a t- tremendous emphasis on marketing drugs. There's still this tremendous emphasis that all foods can fit. You know, you can have any kind of food that you want to um, and still, you know, you can do better. And I'm trying to encourage people in the same way as you don't want to smoke a cigarette ever. Well, then meat is something you should maybe have just not at all in your life. And when people start building fences around certain things, they want to keep away from them so they don't hurt them anymore. They, do, they really discover power that they didn't have before. So, Ooh, so I think things so are changing. Beautiful. I hear from doctors all the time who are, who are taking advantage of this. I think, it's, I think it's catching on in a big way. Oh, I'm excited, excited. Every time I talk to you, I get more hope for everything and everybody. Dr. Neil Barnard, MD. His website, neilbarnard.org. The books we've been talking about today are Dr. Neil Barnard's Program for Reversing Diabetes and also Power Foods for the Brain. And check out PCRM.org, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine. They do so many wonderful things in the arena of human health, in alternatives to using animals for medical training and drug testing and all sorts of other things. A new world is coming, and Dr. Barnard and Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine are so much a part of that. So thank you very much for being with us today, and all the best in all your work. Next week, everybody, Chloe Jo Davis of girlygirlarmy.com will be joining us to talk about being a girly girl, being a young mom, and ex-vegans and how we can prevent a surge. Thanks, everybody. God bless and eat your veggies. Thank you for listening to Main Street Vegan. Join us every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time as Victoria Moran entertains, educates, and inspires you on your vegan journey. This program is sponsored by Main Street Vegan. To learn more about Victoria or to explore training with Main Street Vegan Academy as a vegan lifestyle coach, go to www.mainstreetvegan.net. That's www.mainstreetvegan.net. Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your hosts, Reverends Dale Worley and Christy Snow, are alive with the Spirit of God and singing their love to you each Thursday afternoon at 3 p.m. Central Time with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to.
In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. The base of all life is the infinite wellspring of Source, and each of us has a unique way of expressing that Source as an individualized soul. Do you enjoy the company of inspiring people who are living on purpose? Do you want to live joyfully attuned to your own unique soul expression? Host Rev. Kristen Powell welcomes you to join the gathering of souls who live this way. You'll meet artists, naturalists, and other soulful expressions that will inspire you to call forth the most alive, passionate version of yourself. Get into the natural stream of your own soul by tuning into Soul Stream live every Wednesday at noon Central Time on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Spirituality into your own hands? Bucking corporate religion in favor of finding your own path? Do you cross the boundary between religion and science? Or between religions themselves? Do you like a dose of humor with your truth seeking? If you answered yes, you're what we call a holy rascal. Join Rabbi Rami Shapiro for How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Central. Rami and his guests will engage in lively, humorous discussions about what it means to be a spiritual human being in the 21st century. How to Be a Holy Rascal, Wednesdays at 11 a.m., only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. You know the saying, a good deed is its own reward? Well, moving toward a plant-based diet and vegan lifestyle is one kind and compassionate act that isn't just its own reward. It will also reward you with vibrant health, boundless energy, an easy way to keep your weight where you want it, and according to Yogi's and Unity's co-founder Charles Fillmore, even give a boost to your spiritual life. On Main Street Vegan, the radio program named for the popular book, Victoria Moran will make your move in a vegan direction easy, fun, affordable, and delicious. With enticing topics and entertaining guests every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Central Time, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Oprah Winfrey says that Eric Butterworth's book, Discover the Power Within You, changed her perspective on life and religion. Maya Angelou quotes Emily Cady's Lessons in Truth as she recalls her own spiritual awakening. What do these books have in common? They share Unity's classic teachings. Join Reverend Laura Beth Gilbreth, Minister of Unity Transformation, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, for Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings. Follow along and contribute your thoughts, questions, and ideas 
as we examine these foundational teachings through the works of Unity authors past and present. Hooked on Classics, exploring Unity's classic teachings, only on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Hi, I'm Jane Asher, and I believe, and from what I've been shown, that when our loved ones die, they don't really leave. They just slip into the next room. On my podcast, I explore the bigger picture surrounding life on Earth and what follows when we do die. I speak with authors, friends, transition specialists, and other experts about every facet of death, dying, grief, hospice care, cultural traditions, and also our beliefs about that final journey and what we may end up facing. Please join me on the next room on the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network or wherever you get your podcasts.